Hey, you're listening to Samcast with me, Sam Eagle. Here you'll hear the stories, methods and thoughts of some of my favourite musicians from all across the musical spectrum. I'm a musician and producer myself from the East Coast of the UK, and I started this podcast to learn about the different perspectives of musicians that I love, and why they love music. With new episodes of Samcast out every Tuesday, be sure to follow Samcast on your streaming service to make sure you don't miss an episode. I really hope you enjoyed this first series of Samcast. Thank you so much. Big love. We can just chill. Okay. So, I've got Porteous with me, who is Ben Butler. Um, He writes, produces, records, everything himself. He's one of the hardest working musicians I know. Um, and his career as Porteous has been developing super quickly since releasing a load of singles over the last year or so. He's been working with a load of different artists, including myself. Um, he was a drummer in my band, uh, and he's done a load of other things with people, um, including playing a Made of Veil session with Bankinos, which is very cool. Uh, yeah, we got Ben Porteous. Hello. Uh, hey. How's it going? Thank you, Sam. No worries, man. Uh, yeah, this is the first episode of this podcast um, that we're doing. So I thought it'd be nice to have have you on, Ben, as as you're a good friend. Um, yes, you know. no, that's very kind. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, so, yeah, what have you been up to? Like, how have the last, like, few crazy months been for you? Yeah, um, I think really good it's sort of, it went from started as a bit of a shock and I, I sort of first I just got sort of some gin in and, and sat inside at my place in London um, oh yeah of course made some songs um because I, I wasn't sure I think no one really knew how badly it was going to affect everything and, and how it was going to be a full lockdown I remember doing my last session on like a Monday in March with this guy and like just the change we did we had one session on the friday and one on the monday yeah and the one on the friday we sort of popped out to the shop for lunchtime and it was sort of like you could see it was numbers were dying or like the it was the toilet rolls were disappearing a bit <laughs> and then by monday it was like serious like we went out and it was start like slightly apocalyptic yeah and then um my manager popped in and as soon as he left, he gave us a text and said they just announced that the UK is going into lockdown. Mm. And then, yeah, I sort of stayed in London for a week, came back home. And then when I got in the swing of it, I probably had one of the most productive mm. like writing periods yet. Yeah, I remember um, talking so to you like earlier and you were writing like a couple of songs a day, I think. Yeah, it was stupid. I remember like sort of laughing with my brother, and it's like, it's like I was like, it's a curse. I'm just trying to make food. There's another <laughs> idea that's hit me. It's sort of, it was really literally like stupid, and it was to the point where if you're writing something, you might be thinking about it, or if you're writing two songs that day, it'll be like you'll stop doing it, and then say you're going to do another task, you might think, oh, okay, this could be quite cool in that song. Mm. But this was like I'd go off and and make a toasty, and then it'd be like a new full song idea. Just start from like a chorus and like okay yeah I'd be singing it or something, and then suddenly I'm like oh shit that's a verse melody as well and like this whole song would just 
appear. I don't really know how it happened, mm. but it was a good period. I think because I was in a place I was very comfortable as well, like, and knew I had to work. Mm. It was a really good marrying of conditions mm. because I was I was back home, and normally that means right, chill out. Mm. But I was like, no, I'm gonna stick at it. I'm gonna keep going. Do you think you write um, better so at yeah. home than in London? Mm, I don't know. I mean, you do. It's sometimes you think about that because, like, I don't think the writing side. I think that varies. Like, I've written good stuff here and there. Mm. I probably, if I looked at it now on a spreadsheet of successes, then it definitely would be because we've just been home for the last two months, and I've probably honed my craft more than ever over the last two months so there's that but and other things like vibe with you like attract all of that here and i did it sort of quite freely with a drink and like not like sort of if there's a lyric i was unsure about i'd tweak it a bit and just track it and it was like right that will go out and there's sort of that that real atmosphere was probably like probably helped me create something really special on the yeah. on the record whereas the other tracks i feel like i've been a bit more not forced, but I don't know, not didn't come as naturally hmm. in the recording process and producing process. So I do really, I think there's very special space to work here. Yeah. Well, yeah, you say you're going to move in to a new house with your girlfriend. Are you going to be, yeah. are you going to have like a setup there? Yeah. So that's the, the whole idea. We've made sure we've got like a good amount of space there to both work. And like, there's a, it's absolutely perfect actually. There's like a, the second bedroom, there's, we're going to have like a futon. So it's got another bed, but it's mainly going to be like an office space with keyboard and, and like just classic London bedroom studio thing yeah. that I've been doing the last couple of years, which works really well. But I think it'll be even better for me because we'll have like a separate bedroom area. So I can really go in and be like, this is, this is work time, which I think does help in terms of just mental health and things i think it's really good yeah i was going to ask you about um like viewing your music as work um yeah obviously, like over the last year like since you started portius like it's been such a like a serious project yeah you're dedicating so much time to it do you think just the fact you you view it as a job do you think that yeah. affects the actual music you make yeah you know i mean? i think what do you mean, like in a negative way or yeah, just I don't know. in do a you, way at all? Do you feel like it kind of when when I first like started thinking about it as a job, mm. I felt like I was kind of it was kind of coming less naturally, and I was kind of forcing music. Yeah, to it's funny, isn't it? That? Yeah, I guess that links back to what I was saying about when I was tracking vibe with you, like even to the point of everything is slightly more with a formula or or with a um I don't know. I'll think about things a lot more but now it's like even in that creative process I'm thinking a bit more okay but what does like this hit song do mm. how can I bring that into this and I, I think it's you have to balance how you do that and, and when you do that and when mm. you bring it in but before I probably wasn't treating it as work but it meant that I was then working on it all day and all night mm. and that has its negative consequences as well yeah. because you can really <laughs> Overrun it. And also, like, on a, on a lifestyle thing, on a mental health thing, it's like, oh, I'm actually 
not doing anything else like I'm not I'm not necessarily seeing the friends I want to be seeing or you know talking to my family or my girlfriend or whatever like it's that balance of when you start treating it as a job you can actually live really happily because it's like I'm doing a job that I really really enjoy Mm. and it's it's I have to tell myself every day that I'm not just doing a hobby as much as there's yeah not a huge amount of money in it at this stage like for for anyone in any stage I guess there's it's never like a, a banker's wage that's coming <laughs> in at the end of every day but like I think if when you when you get over that the first time you write for it it, it can be a bit difficult and about a bit weird but yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean I think what you said though about it being a balance is definitely right and finding yeah I don't know it's such a with that with like how you view it as a job it's such a psychological thing obviously it's another thing we were talking about on the call like how important is actual released music to people mm-hmm. compared to like pe- people are kind of trying to almost like diversify their ways to make income like some people do like subscription services like patreon or like streaming like twitch or mm. trying to monetize like a tiktok career that could be like completely separate to their um yeah like released music yeah kind of i mean there are artists that could probably self-sustain without releasing yeah. their music perhaps possibly yeah i, I think this interesting i think yeah that's very interesting and like i think it sort of comes from if you look at i don't know the 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 guy that's that's got a, a million a hypothetical musician that has gone and got a million streams on spotify um and like that's amazing and that's you know in in the space of a month or something this song's taken off and got to a million streams and then it starts sort of slowing down at that point that's sort of definitely a huge milestone that anyone that gets on streaming platform amazing like i'm yet to do that and but like when you look into it a lot of musicians i've found like especially on my course and like writers it's like oh that imagine a song getting a million streams or over a million streams if you look into then like who's following that person and then maybe seep over to like any of these other platforms like what's the engagement if there's nothing there there's not necessarily any like um continued income or or guarantee of like some sort of career essentially because it's sort of like that that one big explosion on a streaming platform that's sort of how it works it's like Mm. this the song goes out and it's there whereas if you if you focus entirely on some of these other platforms the results are a lot more like subscription based but not in like a in a nasty way in a way of like even just having 10 people that find you and love what you do and then 20 people like gradually building this base of people that will come to your gigs and will buy your merchandise which if you have that one hit on the streaming platform doesn't really guarantee that like it's crazy the amount or the, li- the the little numbers of people that find the song they like on a platform and then go and follow the artist and then check out their Instagram. Because I, d- I don't know how many times I've done that, probably yeah, under pretty... five times. Yeah, yeah. And we're musicians, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? So I think that's really interesting. And the other thing is, like, with TikTok, for example, there's a guy I follow who he, he'll, like, make a track for TikTok quite quickly. Mm. And it will be slightly more topical, slightly more maybe like, I think that he had this one called 
figured out, I think it was, uh, called Carter Race, really, really great American sort of slightly hip hop um, artist, really cool. Um, and he, yeah, this song he track he like put on TikTok and it got loads and loads of sort of views and, and people following it. And then in the end, he went to release it, but it was completely characterized by people in the comments saying, release this song, bro, like, you got to do it. This is amazing. Yeah. And then that song went out completely because sort of there's a hunger for it on TikTok and it's linked to Spotify. So like put it on Spotify and it got like, I think it must have like maybe over a million streams or I need to remember the numbers. It's a considerable amount of plays on Spotify, mm. which I, I don't know the full story behind it, but I'm pretty sure a lot of it was this drive from TikTok fans and things. And it sort of shows a completely new way of doing things of like even testing out material of like, here's a snippet of a song. If this performs really well on TikTok, then then suddenly, okay, I better release this, which is interesting. For sure. So I don't know. I don't know. There's a bit of a tangent, but I've, I found that really crazy. It's definitely like highlighted the importance of these other platforms. Hmm. I should say, by the way, Ben is a TikTok star. Um, how many plays oh, is it no. on now? Do you know? Um, I think it's just done over five hundred thousand. Whoa, um, that's crazy! Plays, that one, it's mad, and yeah, it's it is mental. And the the follow my my followers on there have gone Jeez. up. I was on. You're on like I'm just about five hundred or something. You're on seven thousand nine hundred seventy-five at the time of this recording. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. That's amazing. And it's still going up. Like this one video is just ever since that point, it's not really stopped in terms of pushing out to people, mm. um, which is crazy. But I, like, I have been um, focusing on TikTok, as you know, like quite a lot in terms of just posting stuff. And there's sort of no real way of knowing what would do well. Mm. Um, so it's, it's sort of difficult to, to crack it. And I've spent like quite a lot of time but all of the videos I've spent the most time on haven't necessarily been the ones that have done well. But this is the probably the easiest production value. Mm. Do you think it's uh, like um, the authenticity or the because it's like the one that the one that's kind of blown up? Yeah, I think like so. Story based, isn't it? Do you think people like a story or do you think it's just the authenticity? Yeah, I think yeah, it's this, people definitely love a story, but equally like it being authentic to you. Mm. I think is really important and it's amazing how like humans can spot that mm. like so like you don't really think about um with TikTok for example everyone sort of presents their videos in a certain way I mean people go against the grain a bit but it's like a lot of the users are actually like quite wise to it now and they will really cherish something that is real over this sort of this fake I don't know, thing. Not not saying things are fake. I mean, mainly just based on what I've done. Like some of the, if I've worked really hard and did a cover of a song that's doing well on TikTok, because I thought, oh, this could be a good way of reaching out to some people that like the song. Mm. I feel like the response to that in comparison to this is so different. And I posted something else. Like, again, I posted like a cover of <laughs> Toxic. I just wanted to do it. I thought it'd be quite fun. You know, the the Britney Spears, yeah, yeah, yeah. the classic, yeah. like a jazzy version. Um, like Bruno Marsy style thing and 
that sort of did all right. But the, the comments in that was, oh, post more live footage, dude. Like, this, that was really cool. Like, there's actually people that have followed me that are like, oh, we want to see more of this thing, of, mm. which is sort of the best result ever. It's like, no, we want to see what you really do. We yeah, yeah. We want to see these, <laughs> these things. Really nice. So, I'm, yeah, I, I think I'm trying to, like, get the content together with that. But I, I think that is it. It's sort of finding a way of putting what you do into one minute and, and posting it. Is, yeah. is the best way to go about it on that platform mm. and people really respond well to that often mm. you can crack it going back to like actual music who are, who are you listening to at the moment it's very good i think the who who yeah leanne la Havis is really i've been getting into her a lot oh yeah i still um, i still haven't listened to that track you new album well oh, there, yeah there's whole yeah, she's just dropped a whole album, and she's one of the names I've always heard, and people have always said, "Go and listen to her." She it's is really amazing. good. She's so yeah, good. she is incredible, and I've definitely heard bits, but it's, I've never fully delved into it. And I was, I, I can't remember. Whenever I'm doing something that doesn't involve me listening or working on sound, mm. I'll try and put on something else, you know, over the top. Mm. Um, and I managed to have this exact point, like on the day she dropped the album, which yeah. never happens. Normally, there's always that guy that's like, "Have you listened to the new album yet?" And no, I'm, I'm never that guy. <laughs> but for some reason, it just came up on my Spotify, and I was like, "Yes, I'll do it." And it's that is that was amazing. I, like, there's one track, "Green Papaya." I think that might have been the one I sent you. Yeah, that's so cool. It's slightly a lot barer than some of the other ones. Oh, right. But just addictive to listen to, I found like, and so interesting. And she does like a Radiohead cover, Weird Fishes on there. On the album. Um, yeah. Oh, and it's like really cool. It's like, a, obviously, it's going to be different, but she really does it in her own style. Yeah, I've seen a, like, a, there's like a live video of her playing that at Glastonbury, I think, like, yeah. in 2011 or something. It's so that's, cool. That's so cool. She's put it on the album. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's actually on it. I think it's one of the best songs on a Spotify at the moment. It's like one of the trending ones for the album. It's doing really well. But yeah, I was so like, I'm definitely a fan, like a full-on fan. I was like looking at YouTube videos and stuff. I went from sort of hearing the name a bit to being like, this is really good. And then the other one is Bruno Major, who is someone else that I've sort of always kept up with and always liked the odd thing he's done. And he, if you don't know him, he's sort of like a sort of songwriter jazz. That sort of, if that makes any sense, the slight Randy Newman style. He's not nothing like that in terms of sonics, but it's, it tells the story. His songs, mm. and he's an amazing jazz player. Um, and he's just released an album to let a good thing die. It's called, and that is really powerful. It's on. It's a good name. I think that could be. It could be my favorite of this year, actually. Wow. Um, do you think you listen to kind of artists, not not similar, but in the same kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, I think it definitely, um, that definitely is the way I do it. I've, I mean, I really got into pop and like stayed sort of aware of pop tracks a lot more. And I'll really, there's sort of different modes I have a lot more now of like, there'll be this proper synthy like a lot of Zed stuff, if you know Zed, the producer, he did a couple of the Ariana Grande stuff, he did the middle, the, you know, huge pop track. I remember 
I still sort of in a bit of a Z phase whenever there's something out that he puts out. It's so out of what I do at this stage anyway. It's so like just straight up synth pop like in your face. But I just love it so much. It really, really hits me. But I reckon when I just sit down to listen to music, it always tends to be what I'm a bit like it's in the similar vibe for what yeah. I do, which is cool. But I do, I do try and mix it up. Do you think? I think because I'm listening to references a lot right, as well. Right, yeah, yeah. I get into them. <laughs> I just listen to loads of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Is that the same for you? Um, no, I'm, I'm kind of... I don't, I don't know. I, I, so. I haven't really been listening to very much music at all, really, for quite a while, weirdly. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. Yeah. It's time for music listening. Yeah, really. I don't know. Yeah. I just kind of don't really listen to is there, i don't know if it's a bad thing or not really i haven't quite worked it out no i, don't I think it's quite common i remember speaking about it because you would expect that the streams would go up at the start of lockdown hmm. and john my manager was like no we've I've, I've seen that they're actually like going down to start with like people aren't getting the same results i don't know if that's still the same but because the commute's not there you have to make a conscious decision nobody's doing like the non-active listening so i think i think though it's like it's dependent on genre as well like kind of yeah like, i guess so like chill out like 24 7 lo-fi chill out beats to work <laughs> yeah that's that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing is like that's got a lot a lot more popular yeah i bet makes yeah sense. it must be dependent um, but it's just the actual straight the straight up streaming of like the the songwriter tunes yeah there's people have seen i don't know that can that's taken a bit of a toll on it yeah i don't know and i did see it i thought it was funny is that especially the first few weeks it was like no i'm not listening to anything mm. yeah it's crazy and i've that's had to crazy. consciously do it and even then i don't listen to loads of stuff like i i'd struggled to find three other full like new new albums to mention at the moment that mm. i'm really into because I, like it's literally like a couple of tracks from these two guys that i mentioned that i've really sort of listened to and delved into mm. it's quite weird do you think um like your own personal music style has come what what yeah what kind of made you decide to or did you even decide to go down the kind of jazz route was it like from starting on piano or the artists you were listening to or teachers or yeah I've, it's always been quite an organic like love for jazz I've had because there's no one that really like yeah no my mum's never really been massively into jazz nor has my dad and like I'll still send like stuff to or show stuff to my mum and my dad and they'll be like I like my dad never really listened to Stevie Wonder for example I know it's not really jazz but like He's someone that I regard, like, I absolutely love Stevie Wonder. But it's been completely from me mm. finding Stevie Wonder and listening to loads of his stuff. And so I'll be sending him, like, a famous Stevie Wonder track. He's like, this is really cool. I've always sort of not listened to Stevie Wonder. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, it's quite interesting. Like, a lot of that whole area of music is definitely not something that I was brought up on. Yeah. Um, and the same with, like, jazz classics. I think I got, like, a jazz compilation album but like jazz greats or something i bought it it was cheap somewhere and it's got all the standards like a bit of frank sinatra a bit of duke ellington a bit of everyone really was that like and the first thing you came across that was probably yeah the first first cd for sure um like the first actual body of 
work I listened to. Mm. But when I started really getting into piano, I always had a love for blues to start with above pop tunes. I never was interested in learning pop stuff on piano to start right. with because I was very anti-pop <laughs> when I was that age. It was like, no, I hate Justin Bieber. I hate them. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is like now I just find so funny and like they're sort of, I'll use their tractors as references for yeah. like, oh, I want to write a pop song. But so I listened to Led Zeppelin and things. And that's obviously blues orientated, like classic rock stuff, rocky blues piano. But then I found the more I delved into that, the bits I found most exciting were like the the chromatic notes and things, the blue notes, which sometimes in blues and then jazz is sort of can be an extension of that. It's generally the way it's like, you know, those weird notes yeah, you yeah, hear yeah, in blues. Obviously, like, you play loads of different instruments. Yeah. Um, and piano, I'm, I'm assuming, was your first one? No, drums was, actually. Drums was? I not. Started on African drum, on djembe yeah. at school, and then eventually managed to get a drum kit. It's interesting you started on drums, because I think a lot of multi-instrumentalists start on drums. Yeah, start that. Which is kind yeah. of... I mean, I couldn't really give you many, if any, examples. But it just kind of seems. I've heard seems that, that before. Way. I think it's. Did you start on drums? Yeah. So you're multi instrumentalist. I think it's that thing of it's it's teaching you straight away of doing a few a few things at once. Generally, a lot more things at once than you might have to do on another instrument. That's true. That's very you know, true. Like it's sort of left hand doing something and right hand doing something. A lot of independence. Whereas drums is like when you really delve into it, it can be using all doing of something your different limbs. with yeah, yeah all of your limbs bits. at once, <laughs> all of your bits. It sort of makes sense, and I I think my approach to piano came from drums. And I remember this. I wish I could find this video. The first sort of video I was watching on YouTube for piano mm. was this mm. blues jazz improvisation guy. He reminded me of the dude from Doctor Who in the one. Um, with the absorber off, <laughs> the guy who ran that episode. Do you remember him? What the actual absorber off? No, not the absorber off. The the main character in that that loses his girlfriend to the absorber off. Wait, I'm just. Oh my again, Doctor god! Lewis. Wait, do you know what his name was? Oh, no. Oh I my can Google god! I forgot it. about the absorber. It's he's got like faces in his tummy. Yeah, and it's okay, Peter well, K. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, guy. so not the absorber loss, but the uh-huh. guy there. He that sort of I don't know. He's really likable, and sort of he do these YouTube videos, and he um. Wait, that actual <laughs> such guy a weird that connection. No, it wasn't. It was. It's just like him. I don't know why oh, I've right. said that, but it seemed relevant <laughs> because if I just I can't find the actual man, so I thought if I tell you, yeah, the man he's like. <laughs> <laughs> and this, the Absorbaloff guy is probably the reason that I warmed to him so much. Right. Because that, I was like, I love that guy. Yeah. I love that guy. But, um, yeah, he'd always say, like, piano is like a, it's a percussion instrument and, and it, you should, you can treat it like a drum. And you, you do which play is really interesting. Percuss- like percussively. Percussively, yeah. And that's, is from that thing of, of when I first started, I couldn't, I couldn't do that at all. But mm. I always took yeah. it in and was like, that's interesting. And then, when a year went by, it was a bit more like I see a bit more he's talking about. You can do some of the ribbons and the make your own percussion out of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, and like a, another 
just quickly on that point like it was starting with improvised like improvising stuff like blues improvisation was so much more fulfilling for me than classical pieces to start with mm-hmm. and it very much helped me get a style in my instrument very early on rather than learning loads of people's music and then trying to make a, a conscious decision of okay but how, how do I play I, I don't know it's, it's sort of it helped me really find my own way of playing instrument yeah which is really cool do you think well i guess you you started learning multiple instruments before being solo what didn't you yeah um yeah 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 what kind of what kind of made you want to want to do the solo thing i think it for me it's always been my relationship with like vocals and and being a vocalist yeah and a front man it's always something i've really liked the idea of Uh uh-huh but it's always, I like as well the challenge factor of like, it's the most vulnerable in some ways you can mm-hmm. get if when you're starting out of going out and singing a song that you've written and like using your real voice. It's not buttons yeah. on something. If, yeah, if yeah, people yeah. don't like it, it's, it's your, it's the sound that your body makes. <laughs> That's quite crazy. Yeah. So I think I started singing a little bit, a bit after the keys, like sort of three years later from when I learned piano and then basically played in, in bands for a while and things like that. And I still do. And I still really enjoy that element and, and working as part of a, a machine hmm. to essentially a machine is probably not the word, but you know what I mean? Like being a unit of sound is so cool. Yeah. Um, and then I, I just felt like I want to do this. I remember chatting to people like that were saying, Oh yeah, you should, you should do it. You should sing some of the songs live and things. And I was very much, I'm going to wait till the time is right. Even when I was sort of 16 or something, I was like, I don't want to do it just yet. Mm. I want to be at the point where I'm really comfortable doing this. I think that's a really um, good idea. Yeah. So have you been like, as you've been kind of learning at uni, do you think, Yeah. obviously like your songwriting has been developing. Do you think it's been getting like objectively better? No, I don't know, because I don't think there is an objective sort of way of looking at it with songwriting. Mm. Or, what, what do you I don't know, there's no best. And best. I think, you... um, but I think, yeah, I think I've definitely seen development in it. Yeah, I definitely feel feel like I know more Right. in terms yeah. of when I sit down to write a song. I know more, like, avenues to explore or ways to approach it. So it doesn't necessarily mean the end result is going to be a hundred times better than what I wrote five months ago. It does mean that, that, I don't know, I can make it happen sort of a lot more quickly or on demand. It's sort of dealing with it, dealing with content as a songwriter. And also like, it's essentially, again, coming back to like the lifestyle element of it. Of There's loads of that in my uni. Of, it's all taught by songwriters that do it as a living. You're surrounded and by so it. it's like, yeah, so it's yeah. like, don't little tips like don't listen to your song when you say you finished it loads and loads straight away in if you feel that you can redraft it it's like don't try not to be too loyal to material but then equally like just write loads of stuff is another thing they were saying like don't be too precious in that respect like write and write and write and then that's how you you generate like lots of material that you're happy with sort of trial and error even on that level yeah i think um Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson recorded 800 tracks for Thriller. That's so mad. 
that is Whether crazy, that's true or not, because that is I've an heard that, yeah. amount of songs. That it's is an insane amount of music. And sure, where are they is what I'm asking yeah. as well. <laughs> Why aren't they all on the YouTube, one YouTube video? That's such a one YouTube video thing, it is isn't it? Every, all of the, all I mean, of the tracks and Thriller. Yeah, exactly. Quincy it's Jones has got them. He's probably just feeding them to new artists. gradually. <laughs> <laughs> If I had Michael Jackson tracks on release, yeah. like that would be yeah. such a good way of just having like such a stylistic track. Yeah. Crazy. But yeah, I think it de- it depends. It doesn't and sometimes spending a lot of time on one track and moving on is a really good way of doing it as well. Like not and that's probably still the same thing because you're you're changing it and crafting it lots. Mm. So as much as you're not moving on and writing loads of things, it's like, okay, this didn't work, let's change it. This doesn't work. Let's change it. Everyone's got a different process, and like that can be just as good. Like redrafting is so important, mm. just from being as objective as you can. The the bitter end, at the very end. Mm. Like, but sometimes, this something simple, or something that comes really quickly, can be the thing that mm. just works. Yeah, absolutely. And that that doesn't mean it needs ten redrafts. As as Porteous, um. You brought out your first single pretty much a year ago, exactly. Yeah. Have you, um, kind, of found, no, have you kind of found what you want to do, what, you, what you're doing now? I, I think I'm still I'm still finding it because I, I always have this battle of like writing in loads of different styles. Yeah. Um, and I've done it a lot more, especially over lockdown because I've been so free with it. I've been very, like, I've got some pop songs that have come out of it and some really, there's a sort of, synth metronomy style track that i've written oh that's which is like cool. never it's cool but it's, it's sort of never something that i'd put in terms of style like I'd, I'd have to work it so i'm still figuring some of that out of like mm. where's the avenue i want to go down for a little a little bit next but i think in terms of musical statement i definitely what vibe of you said and did musically and as a song i really I, I stand by that and I would like to continue writing some sort of slightly indie alternative poppy tracks because I've, I've got a couple more lined up already like that. And I've been thinking a lot about that with my manager of like, what, what do I characterize myself as? What essentially like you're saying, what do I want to say? And I think the indie thing is something that people have responded well to when I do it. So that sort of indie jazzy thing hmm. is very much what i want to take forward so yeah i guess I, I, i've got some more tracks lined up like that i want to when it's next possible get loads of live shows going mm. again i'm sure everyone will want to do that sort of itching to get back playing i'd love to get some some of the feeling of my live shows into the songs and, and that feeling of sort of special like in the moment stuff that comes mm. out when you're playing live i think that's that feels really cool on the record so I'd like to do a bit of that. If that answers your yeah, question sorry, at I all. Yeah, I guess that was like a pretty big question because... Yeah, I don't know, it's good. But yeah, so next steps, like working on visuals, stepping up my aesthetic. I know it's not yeah. all about that, but I think it would be cool if I, I can really get something going that's consistent with Porteous yeah, yeah. and there's it's a, whole, it's a whole world and I, I'd love to do that. And then I don't know when the next track coming out will be but i think my next thing is probably a release i'm doing with seb Mayer. oh um, amazing 
which is cool, a track we've been working on a little while and we're both very excited to release. So that should be later this year. That's going to be great. So that'll be the next next big thing. Yeah. Yeah, I awesome. can't wait. Well, thank you so much, Ben, you, for coming on. And um, Thank you for having me on, man. Yeah, first, oh, love first podcast yourself. guest. It was a, a pleasure. It was a pleasure for me as well. I'm very honoured to be on it. No, yeah, thank you, man. Straight away as well. That's great. And uh, yeah, best of luck with everything you're doing. Cheers. I'm off right back. See you, Ben. But not actually. Out the door. Out the door. You've been listening to Samcast with me, Sam Eagle, and our special guest, Porteous. Check out Porteous's music online and follow him on his socials at Porteous Music. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to follow Samcast on your streaming service to catch new episodes every Tuesday. Thank you so much. Big love.